0: This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Well, Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Unji Kim, and she talks to me about her love of Anne of Green Gables. For the unfamiliar, it is a eight-book young adult series uh, written... About a hundo years ago, which I would not have realized coming into this conversation, I learned a ton about why it continues to be such an influential series for mostly young women, but young people of all kinds. Anji continues to this day to return to the books, to reread, kind of as comfort food, And she absolutely is able to cite them as inspiration for her own becoming a writer. Angie is another of the Cards Against Humanity Writers Room members who has agreed to do the show with me. And she also performs all over Chicago doing stand-up and she does some improv at IO. She's on the Herald team Pequod's Presents the Herald, which is a hilarious name for anything, really. So I'd encourage you to look them up and check out her shows. I also would encourage you to check out the Ajuma podcast that she does with Peter Kim. Uh, No relation, as far as I know, except that they're both Korean and wanted to kind of uh, be able to speak to current news, pop culture, etc., from their perspective as Korean comedians. And I think they're both incredibly, incredibly funny people. So I strongly encourage you to seek out that show. You know, maybe after you listen to this, and Unji proves for herself that she's a very funny person, incredibly heartfelt as well. Man, uh it's I can list on one hand the number of times that people have gotten as emotional as Angie ends up getting about the source material here, you know, about what her topic is. So it really is thoroughly ingrained in her to be passionate about and made it the perfect conversation topic for us if you would like to see a live show that I am a part of you can see the fishbowl at annoyance theater every Thursday night at 930 my team site unseen closes out the night if you'd like to check out some past episodes of MBSing with the members of that team I strongly encourage you to do so and if you are an improv student the show is of Uh, Maybe more import to you Because you may be able to get an opportunity To get some stage time With veteran improvisers Teachers Regular performers at the Annoyance Etc So come for Sight Unseen closing out the night And stay for the opportunity To play Or you know vice versa It's probably vice versa If we're being honest with ourselves Anywho, thank you so much for listening and enjoy this podcast with Anji Kim.
1: I'm a sci-fi person, but like that near future stuff, like Twilight Zone, Rod Sterling stuff to me is like the most. Also, Rod Sterling is a very interesting dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's like a very interesting guy. Um, Like back when like people, you know, it's funny because like you talk to most other like producers or people like of his ilk Mm -hmm. now They're, like, all—very few of them, like, started from nothing. Hmm. They're all, like, father was a businessman. Mother was a homemaker. Like, they lived in the San Francisco or San California area. Went to a pretty, like, you know, fancy school and then went to a fancy college. And now are successful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, oh, no surprises there. Right. Um, versus, (laughs) like, you know, back in the day, it could be, like, a dude, like, he was, like, survived the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma with his mom, and, like, you know, like, he was, like, he was a merchant marine for a while, and it's there that he finally got into the showbiz, and then he, like, docked and met a person, and, like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, real stories like that were possible, and now it's just not, that's the rarefication of, like, class and shit, but...
0: For sure, yeah, yeah. The, stri- the whole the thing, yeah. the whole thing, just got mm-hmm. moved on both sides. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. So I, I love,
1: I love showbiz stories like that.
0: So my guest today, hello, is Angie Kim. Hi, and we're going <laughs> to talk about Anne of Green Gables. Anne of Green Gables, yes. And I would not have realized until you said this before we started recording. It is an eight book series. It
1: is an eight book series. <laughs> okay, first of all, you did not seem surprised. When I told you that I had read the, all of them. You really kept her cool. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to like assume knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've read them all. It takes you up to the beginning of World War I. Whoa. Yeah. I okay. mean, and like they start to watch boys go off to war. It's like incredibly, it's a, it's a, it's a story about a family. Okay. At the end, and this awesome, yeah, it's really wonderful.
0: How did you come to read the first one? What is the origin of your interest?
1: Honestly, I think it was um one of those scholastic book reads, yes, for sure, yeah, but also i wh- i um looking back on it, like if you had a spunky girl pigtails, like anything where it was like a girl with a lot of like spunk over overcoming something. I was Love like, it. sign me up. That's
0: so funny. Because
1: it was like that, P- Pippi sockings, exactly- right? Um, Whereas all those like fudge books that's like, yeah. Ra- I was very into Ramona. Yeah. Ramona Quimby was yeah. a good one. Same thing. Like young girl, like uh, making her way through a sort of an adult world. That's great. And so it was just like time. I was probably in sixth grade. And like, you know, like that's when you start reading those larger like chapter books mm-hmm. with like smaller font. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was I just clicked on it. You and you go think from it was, like children's
0: books into like you can sometimes adult. read adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I was a precocious little child. And so I think. I had been going – I had just turned through a lot of books at that point. I was very into, like – if it had a medal on it, I was reading yeah.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> all over the all Newberry. Over, all over that fucking All Newberry. <laughs> over the – was it probably some, like, Pulitzer-type
1: young adult novels. Yeah, young novels. adult novel stuff, yeah. <laughs> so, like – and then Anna Green Gables, I think, was just – seemed like one of those kind of books. Also, it came in that set. I, was, I loved a good set. Oh, wow. So I purchased it inside of that eight-book set, which I still have. Wow. I still have that box set. Okay, so
0: you you bought in on the ground floor. Yeah,
1: and I love, but I love collections. Like, I'm, I, less so now, but I liked collecting books. And so, like, that box set was very appealing. Like, I would always buy, like, the fanciest version of, like, the Arabian Nights or yes. something, whatever. I love books. The purity. hardbound mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, books, like yes, Jane Eyre or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, ex- precisely. Like that's yeah. the stuff that I I loved, and I would read it very carefully, and I never took it. But these were paperbacks. But it was that box set. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: So um, we had yeah. one like that for boxcar children books. Yes, it was like yes. maybe ten of them. Yep, in I had
1: that as well. I had the Encyclopedia Brown. There was like a big set of those. Yes. As well. I had those yeah. too. I was really into Encyclopedia Brown. It's also loved the, Encyclopedia Brown. I love Sherlock Holmes. I mean that's the other per that's the other big, the other genre, yeah.
0: <laughs> spunky women and detectives,
1: D- deductive reasoning,
0: deductive reasoning. See, that's so funny because so you were kind of uh, surprised that I wasn't super familiar with Anne of Green Gables. And here's my confession about what my reading yeah, interest sure. was: uh, is uh, if it had like a wolf on the book. <laughs> I absolutely read that. Uh, A lot of Gary Paulson. Loved Loved Gary Paulson. Paulson. You read my mind. We have same-paged multiple multiple times times. now. So, yeah, it was like Gary Paulson was one of the big ones. Uh, Pretty much everything he wrote. And uh, the Animorphs book series I was a huge fan of. So if it was like animals outside... Pete for some reason, I like I think, if my actual reading interest had continued into adulthood. Yeah. Uh, I would be reading like Jack Reacher novels or something like that because okay. there is this like survival element to yes. it
1: and I don't know why like I wasn't I didn't grow up on like a farm or something it's very satisfying because I remember those are the things I remember most vividly about those Paulson books and My Side of the Mountain yes I loved those yeah, yes I mean, it was about learning to make fire I how to it. like make a pouch out of some hide yes Like that. <laughs> yes <laughs> I feel like I could hollow out a tree yeah. if I had to <laughs> that part was like those are the path. i have no idea about like what the emotional yes arc of these characters was but i was like he that motherfucker made a, a bowl yes <laughs> yes that
0: his hawk's name was uh frightful
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> i knew you would have me if i if I droned it up. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, those were my genres. Like, that That, that was, was what that I That was my
1: genre as well. I just, like, I, like... You read everything. everything. I read everything. Yeah. And it was, like, literally if it was... I was the kid with, like, the too many books for Scholastic. Like, I, I had to bring, that. like, a special thing. Book bag or book something. Book bag f- <laughs> for just the books I would get on that day. That's precious. I mean, it was a fucking nerd attack. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me too.
0: Everyone's, like, oh, it's... Remember she's super into
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's very <laughs> defining character. It was another one because it like came out every month or something like oh, that. A, a serialized version of anything, love it,
0: love Please. it. Please, you know that was my binge watching when I was a yeah. kid. It was like
1: it's true. Fucking blowing through an Animorphs book every time it came out. That's a, That co- sort of compulsive consumption is, like, yes, very much down. Same reason, same way I, I watch content now.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think I definitely, like... I mean, I always watched TV when I was a kid, too. Um, I wish I had spent more time reading. Probably would have gotten around to Anne. <laughs> what do you... Do you remember uh, your first response to the book? Like, did you scream through the whole series? or Or did you, like... <laughs> Uh, you know, read Anne of Green Gables and get really into that first before you, like, were a completist?
1: I think I was a completist right away. I, yeah. I blew them through them all, and then I would revisit the first two over and over again, and then occasionally, like, revisit all of them. Wow. And it would be, like, a, like for a while, it was, like, a yearly thing. I would just read the whole thing, and I would read all of Sherlock Holmes, too. I was just, like, wow. I reading... Because there's an um, unabridged compendium of the Sherlock Holmes stories. Sure. It's uh, at the... Barnes and Noble is like a red cover hardback. And, yeah, it's like a really big, thick book. I think it's like 1,500 pages. But, like, I would read that all the time.
0: That's crazy.
1: But I like reading the same thing over and over. It's like most people don't like to do that. I can, I have never really done that. Yeah. I think the some of the only
0: things I've already read are some of the Harry Potter books, like not even all of them.
1: I've never read the Harry Potters. Oh, wow. But I would like them. I know I would like you them. You would totally like them. Yeah. If you like all this stuff, you I'm too, would totally like them. But I'm like too them. fucking old to get into anything.
0: No, though. you're not, man. No, you're not. <laughs> not for Harry Potter. It's the best shit, man. It's It's a, it's a modern classic, right? Absolutely it yeah. is. Like, I've been re-watching the movies because they just put them all on HBO. Ooh. Did they? they? Yes. Okay, I can watch those. They're very good adaptations. They're very well cast. You can tell that so much... Work went into getting
1: them to be like quote unquote loyal, yeah. And uh, there's because there is no fan base as rabid as the Potter Kids. I really, what I are mean, they called? Potterheads? Uh,
0: I think that's right, Potterheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I, I legit like I think that's true, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, you know, you're always gonna have those fans who are like
1: well they changed
0: this yeah. but it's like yeah of course they did it's a fucking movie like, yeah. they only have two and a half or sometimes three hours right and they don't <laughs> want to spend like X amount of money to put Dobby in this one part when they could just have an actor do it because mm-hmm. they would have to CGI the whole thing right. when it doesn't like necessarily have to be him or you know whatever it is like they make decisions for practicality's sake yeah. over, like, being totally loyal, if it doesn't matter in the course of the series.
1: Well, I mean, the Anakin Gable series, there have been two. There's a CBC production, um, which was heart-wrenching and beautiful. And then there's a new version on Netflix that I my husband won't let me watch because <clears throat> I w- will lose my shit. <laughs> 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 like, I'm... May never come back, like because I am an obsessive watcher, and oh, also it so is you would just like w- watch, watch it, 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 it over and over again. And because I'm like that with fucking White Christmas during Christmas, I just watch it over and over again. That's I mean, there's so like there's funny. something there is something deeply wrong with me. I know that, no, but
0: <laughs> because I know. I mean, even like I think everyone has that thing yeah. that they're always going to come back to. I mean, I was in here talking to Lisa about Grey's Anatomy, yeah. and she like can't fathom, she's probably seen. Especially certain seasons, like 20 times in their yes. entirety. And I was just like, I don't watch things like that. Not really. Yeah, But I a lot of people do. So I yeah. don't think it's weird. I mean, I have friends who, I have a friend who watched Mean Girls so many times when we were in college that I know the whole movie. <laughs> like, and I haven't even
1: sat down and yeah. watched
0: the whole thing more than maybe two or three times. But like, I know it more just because it
1: was always on. And what's fascinating is that it's not like any of my emotional responses were any different. It just became deeper Mm. because like um, every single time I would revisit the series, it wasn't as if there weren't any surprises. Yeah. And it was, and, and it's just like you go and talk to an old friend. It's not like this friend's going to have like a new arm or new fucking anything. <laughs> it's going to come back to you with the same personality, the same fucking stories, and the same bad relationship or good relationship they're in or getting out of. Sure. You know, and it's the same. I love that analogy. <laughs> but it's just like it's the same st- tropes and just like and hanging pattern. out with a friend. Yes. It's the same tropes, same patterns emerge time and time again. I love that. And to me, that's what revisiting content is. Like, I will will watch West Wing over and over again, and I will watch Star Trek over and over again, especially if I'm feeling blue. That's Uh my shit. I love that. But, yeah, that's... I love that. (laughs) Damn.
0: I think it's so... Do you think that damn will ever break? Like, you gotta watch that Netflix
1: series. You gotta. Yeah, I'm planning on it. Yeah. But it needs to be when he's not there, and I have enough time to really just, like, digest. Dig into the whole thing. Because it's... there. So the part about Anna Green Gables that's, like, especially, um, like, why it sticks more than even Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm or Pippi Longstock is because, like, Anne is actually rooted in all this tragedy, hmm. right? Like, the she's an orphan— Raised in an orphanage who, like, basically was, like, the slave of this lady who had a ton of twins. And, like— Jesus. And so she comes to work on this farm with Marilla and Matthew, who are brother and sister. They're, like, spinsters of some kind. Things have gone wrong in their lives. Sure. You know, their love, it didn't work out. And you find out why later. But, like, they live together and they're looking for a boy. And she comes from the orphanage. And they want a boy. And so she, like, breaks down. She's like, please take me. Like, she was so happy that she's finally being adopted. I mean, so this is the beginning. And it comes off of that insecurity. Wow. And then you watch her optimism and brightness in spite of that and continue to triumph and also fail and also be, like, she's a very fallible, like, flighty girl. And that's, like, very resonant with most kids. Right. You know, that she wasn't this, like, perfect sort of tragic. She doesn't, like, die at the end. You know, it's that like, this American Girl stuff or, like, right. some sort of... Or, like, all the Lurleen McDaniel books... You ever read those? Those were all about where um, a girl would die of some sort of, like, or the boy would die of, like, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, Jesus. And, like, you know, they're, like, perfect That's angels it. going up to heaven. And they, like, fuck right. once.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the type. Yeah. They get there's a fuck a in before of, they go.
1: There's a couple of uh,
0: John Green books like that. The Fault in Our Stars. I've never familiar? seen those, Yeah. Uh yeah, he's like a very popular young adult novelist right now. Yeah. Uh I like reading his books. Yeah. Uh the story is based around this girl who has cancer, but she like falls in love with another guy who has cancer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are the chances? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're all like thin and pale. Yeah. And like it's just like Oh, you know, no, this like something about and this is the other part is that it was an adult type book. Mm. Right. It, it didn't feel YA. Yeah. I was going to say that's pretty dark to come out of the gate yes. with
0: that. She was an orphan. And, and it's just
1: an old timey book. So there's not that. When the, was, I, was it written? Uh, So 1860s, like that's the time time period in which I believe she was it was published. Um, Wow. So, like, 1890s, yeah, 1880s, like, turn of the century type of, like, Victorian era. I had no
0: idea that it was that old. Yeah. Like, I knew it was uh, set in Mm -hmm. a different period, but I didn't realize it was It actually
1: is that old. Wow. So, and the fact that it remains so resonant. Yeah, that's wild. It's a testament to like just how one how not far we have come as a society. Ah, <laughs> because the yeah. yeah,
0: when you know, even the idea of the f- they wanted a boy is as yes. like such a yeah, of course a like young girl reading that is going to be able to relate
1: to that feeling. But it so feels so utterly modern. Right, because she ultimately is like the smartest, the brightest, and she like has this like very antagonist relationship with the boy that made fun of her. And there's like obviously this attraction, but she doesn't want him. She doesn't care. And there's this point in the story where shit starts to get a little problematic as she gets older and he has to like settle down. But
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, sure, because they're just talking about relationships in a completely yes. outdated way. Yeah, sure, sure.
1: But even even so, she goes and teaches. She goes and has a job. She lives alone. She goes to college. She is the smartest one. Wow. She is an intellectual equal to her partner. Wow. Yes. Cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And she continues to write and she like writes little children's stories and like that's like a thing. No way. I just got chills literally. Yeah. That is so precious. <laughs> I mean it's the reason that's why. That's the course of the whole series? Yeah. Over the wow. course of the whole series like they get married and he continues to encourage her. There's like this moment where she was worried that she's going into middle age and there's like I mean it's about marriage as well that is fascinating it's a fucking terrific I mean I when I talking about it now I'm realizing so much of my understanding of like the creative process and even relationships was entirely based on this fucking book wow yeah because there's no because I've thought about it because there's no template for why I would be so adamant on my mom was pretty like you can do whatever. But it was like this desperate quality to it. like, please do anything else. Mm-hmm. Don't wind up like me. Gotcha. And like, you know, whatever. But like,
0: Man.
1: yeah, I mean, sh- the fact that she even wanted to write children's stories like and want- be a writer is the reason why I wanted to be a writer. Man. Or I thought of it as a possibility. Right. Of course. Yeah. Because I, I identified with her so strongly. Yeah. I mean, I was telling you, I wanted to go there for my fucking honeymoon. <laughs> right. Yes. Where is Prince Edward Island? It's in Canada. So it's like on the, um, on the, like, what is it? The east, on the east side. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly popular destination for Japanese tourists who also adore the book. I was going to say, do you think it's because of yeah. Anna Green Gables? Oh, 100%. Amazing. They love the book. The book is incredibly popular in Japan. Huh. I did not know that. That is fascinating. Do you think it's for those same,
0: like, similar reasons? Is like yes. people. Getting to kind of, like, read about it, this, like, relatively healthy, like, empowering
1: or, like, lifestyle. I think with Japanese people, it is time era. Because the Victorian era stuff is very popular there. Because mm-hmm. it, it is a time of great um, high manners and courtesy. Sure. And, like, there's, like, a lot of etiquette and formality to it. <laughs> sure. Um, I think... Uh, the same reason why she's so popular is the same reason why a lot of rock and roll is popular. It's, like, it's sort of... uh, She's the manifestation of a lot of things I don't know if Japanese culture allows.
0: Interesting.
1: So it feels like a very Western thing. Right. Um, And also, there's a lot of stuff inside of, like, Japanese, like, children's books where, like, kids are, like, bad and spunky. But like so like that it it like lines up and is with this thing, you know, and it's it at least
0: starts in a familiar space for them. Yes. This little mischievous child kind of thing. Precocious.
1: Yes. And so, yes, smart, defiant. She's a girl. So there's like a softness to because she cares about the people around. her. There's so much empathy. She's She is one of the most empathetic people who is also very kind, but also just sometimes just does the wrong thing. Not because she wants to. But just because she just makes she makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, like, that's just good storytelling. I totally agree. I mean, so she, the the woman, and also it's a woman who wrote it. She goes out of her way to sort of uh, de-gender herself. She, uh, on the cover, it's called, her name is um, written as L.M. Montgomery. Mm. So it's not clear. More th- ambiguous. Yes.
0: I feel like there's are so... <sighs> It's crazy to think about how little removed we are, I guess, from that era of authors, of women all having either male pen names or like right. abbreviating. I mean, even fucking J.K. Rowling. like You got it. We only know that's a woman because it's a modern era and we all know who that is. The woman who wrote the Animorphs books, only her pen name is K.A. Applegate. You mm-hmm. wouldn't know it's a woman. Granted, you know, she had some help along the way. Yeah. So it, 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 yeah. uh, it helps with, like, ghostwriting type Branding, stuff. yeah.
1: But, like, it's so many things. Michael Crichton, Dan Brown, they don't do that. No. Because people will pick up a book because a man will seem more authoritative right? Like that's the story I want to read. Gary Paulson, yeah, you know, like it's, it's all the
0: male authors have their full name, probably, you know, maybe some of those people, it's their pen name, but it's still just like another dude's name. name. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I actually was going to ask when you said it was written that long ago, uh, because I was pretty sure it was a yeah. a female author if she had,
1: like, a shortened name or a pen mm-hmm. name. It was LM. And so, like, she... Like, if I think about it, her construction of this, like, girl and the sort of thoroughly modern romance she has with the male lead, I mean, like, it's the sort of shit that even Jez... Like, Jezebel.com can get behind. Like, it's still that fucking modern. That's amazing. Because there's stuff inside of... I was also very into the Little House on the Prairie books, like the actual series. Again, I associate all, those two things
0: very closely. Yes. Just because I'm not super familiar with either one. Yeah. So I think...
1: Big chapter books about women. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By women.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yes. This Is one that she actually she kept went it. for it.
1: Because also that was very intentional because they were trying to make money and they had it be like a – they thought it would sell better because it was a lady who was doing a lady-type thing, which was writing. I was wondering if that was – Because it was like sort of in between in that section. It was a little – it's about – I think it predates Anne by a couple. And it's also not about – a mischievous girl. It's about a very good sort of girl. Yeah, I always thought Little House on the Prairie was kind of dull. Yeah. because of that. But I liked it for the same reasons why we like the Gary Paulsen stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of descriptions of like how they gut pigs. Okay, I could have absolutely gotten yeah. into it. <laughs> it was great. I think I
0: just only saw like any, the covers. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like,
1: mm. yeah, it's it is is those those pastel colors because I my favorite chunk of Little Houses I think in like the third book where they talk about killing a pig and they fight over who which one gets the pig's tail because you could sizzle it and it was like the juiciest part and you nibble on it and there's like a picture illustration of this girl with a pig's tail on a stick running around <laughs>
0: That's so like, funny.
1: You're like, yeah, I could live on the prairie. This is dope. <laughs> like, let's sizzle the tail, baby. <laughs> but, like, their story with her relationship with Manly, her husband, Manny, and she, at least she calls him Manly in the series, is, like, some, it, it, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, she stays at home, and she starts, like, he takes care of this, and she starts very traditional gender role stuff, mm-hmm. whereas with Anne, it's, like, He encourages us to continue writing. She does this. I mean, it's never a thing. They come to a mutual decision regarding their wedding because, like, even getting together, she's just, like, he he gets very sick. And she cares for him, and he comes to her and is like, I think, like, you know, and they, and then they start a relationship. Huh. It's not like all this tension and the kiss and all this shit happens and they're fucking. Right. Like, it's just like, it's, it's very like much. like practicality more. And like, no, and there's genuine emotions over years of time together. <sighs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they That's both a, date other people. And they're like caring about one another. They have history. Man. It's a great, great love story. Great story about how they have eight kids. They have eight kids. So the last three books are really not so much about Anne, but about her children. Wow. Yeah, I'm talking about this a lot. I'm like, God damn, I remember a lot. (laughs) 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 Like, this is crazy. What do, uh,
0: you said, I think that the series kind of closes around the start of the First First World World War. So
1: she starts seeing her kids, like, get drafted and stuff like that. Damn. Yeah, and so, like, the last three books, it's sort of, like, about the war and Canada sending boys over and, like, things getting a little more political and, you know, people looking at tr- maps. And uh, And the thing is, like, they are still major characters in their story, even though they're old. They're, like, in mm-hmm. middle age. They're f- in their 40s and 50s at this point. And, like, they still express love towards each other, like Gilbert and Anne do. Uh-huh. Um, it's, just, it's just a glorious book book but like outside of that it's just there's all this and i've talked about my friend to my friends about why i love I, I think the biggest thing that i walked away with anna green gables f- with is a define one of my defining characteristics is my love of female friendship and that's really the love story inside of anna green gables the first two books especially it's about her relationship that. with diana and it's a, and like and and how fervently that sort of platonic love can be, yeah. Especially at that twelve, like shit. There's nothing more important than your friends, yeah. And and it's, it makes more sense because she's a fucking orphan, you know. And so she. Has all these like very high emotions, like finding her family, basically, and she's very dramatic, by the way. And so, like as a uh, as a fucking very extra teen, yeah, (laughs) really resonated. (laughs) Like Uh, as as someone who actually created something called the Friendship Club, who who had to endure the only member of the Friendship Club. Hurling the dews out into the driveway, and me picking up all this change, and like weeping in the driveway as she just like looked at me with her new friend. Through friendship, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like that—that sort of shit. Like that's so funny, though. I relate to that so
0: strongly because I think that was one of the big things for me with animorphs was just like, yeah, sure, it was like five, six kids who could morph into animals, but like they saw some shit and they were best friends yeah. and they like called each other out on stuff. Yes. Like I revisited the first few books of that series recently and they're like surprisingly cool, like yeah. progressive, like uh, one of the characters like gets catcalled, and one of the, and they like address the fact that it was shitty. And like God one of her it. friends yeah. like uses, you know, I want to say like, ho or slut yeah. or something like you know whatever the like most lukewarm way that you could like uh you know refer to a woman in that manner and she's like hey don't say that yeah. like she calls him <laughs> out immediately and i'm like damn like yeah. cool it's I never would have thought that things like this were influencing my opinions. It absolutely it was. And it absolutely. It was. has to have been. I read those books when I was in elementary school. I started yeah. reading them. Literally those same words. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is wrong. You know what I mean? Like I have to have been internalizing that stuff. And now to this day, I, I'm with you. Like yeah. one of the things that's so important to me is that like band, you know, yeah. that that like group. And you know, it's one of the reasons I I still love doing like ensemble comedy because yeah. it's just like we're we're all here doing this together, and like the shit that we're doing in between is like some of the most fun yeah. parts of it.
1: I yeah. I mean I I one hundred percent like for me. Also going back to the thing with how impressionable you were, like I'm thinking about Anne and just like yeah, there's all, all the books I read were so. Like the idea of being a girl, I mean, I read the Sweet Valley stuff, but it was just like trash. Mm. I knew that it was trash. Even the babysitter stuff. I was read
0: tr- some of the babysitters clothes yeah, ones, but so. I yeah. it was like
1: very whatever. Mm-hmm. The stuff I really, I would never reread any of the babysitters. Yeah, that's a really interesting differentiation. For but sure. I, and I think I really in, and I think back on it, like the that's the work being done because your parents, the parenting certainly, of course, very most important, of course, but the content your child is reading and spending most of their day ingesting that shit really matters and like let's give it up for all the YA authors out there really doing the work yeah (laughs) making sure that the patriarchy doesn't continue in current fashion because like because I mean both of us and we've talked about this off mic a couple of times like I don't I have always been someone that outside of my mom telling me that it's just like I and I grew up with all the smartest people in my classes were always girls yeah always girls yeah and like mine too yeah, I mean, the only kid, the, there were, like, two boys that were kind of smart. Especially as you get older. Yes, even more so. It became more acute. The f- top, f- of the f- top five people, top ten, seven were girls at my high school. Yeah, that does, it's not uncommon at yeah. all. Yeah, because, the, like, linguistically, collaborative, working, like, all the things that matter and are metrics now inside of current public school education, it's all... Female. Like, those yeah. are things that are sort of, like, we seem to excel at. We're more accustomed to uh, trying to do those things. Like, yeah. we're, it's, like, more encouraged. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, rote memory and, like, stuff like that inside of private school education, I think, mm-hmm. is not as valued. Yeah. So, like, I think That I get,
0: shit is so hard for me.
1: It's so hard. I can't yeah. remember shit. We are just talking about memory. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. remember shit. Right. Getting yeah. off book for stuff is— a nightmare, you know, and you know, what makes
0: it way easier for me is if I've actually like rehearsed it and done it with the people that I do it with. That's
1: like the only way that I can yes. get it
0: ingrained. It's very hard for me to just like sit with the script and mm-hmm. put it
1: in my head. It's, an, it's amazing to me sometimes that women have not been seen as natural leaders, given this quality. That is such a good point. I think about that all the time.
0: Literally, even today, when I walked into yeah. that meeting before this. I was shocked at how many dudes there were. And I, like, turned around, in the whole office, I couldn't see any other men. But, like, the room that I was in for this big project was almost entirely men. And the only people that I had interfaced with up to that point were women. Yep. And I was just like, I thought it was going to be, you know, I was naive. I thought it was going to be, like, a bunch of women producing this project. And they're the ones doing... The all work. the work. Like, they did all the work. They're the only ones that I knew were involved up to that point. And then I got there, and it was a room full of dudes. And I was just like, wow. They really stepped
1: up. They're really, they're, they're the leaders.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, it was just like, yeah, they really put in the work to bring in this talent. No, they fucking didn't. You know, and another woman was, like, on the line, and it was her idea yeah. to begin with. Like, and she wasn't even in the room. And I was just like, shit what it's just sometimes there are moments like that where you, it just feels so thrust in your face yeah
1: and, it, and it's it's because we now have a we've experienced something other than that right so we know it doesn't have to always be like that right i don't think it would have occurred to me even five years ago that it could be something else and that's me i worked in corporate america for 10 years wow and so that was always it the women right. like we were at the sort of uh, mid to low management level, like right. task, like coordinating, managing. But the director or senior manager positions, anytime there would be actual decisions and strategic decisions being made, all men. But they also had no data; they're all depending on inf- information being fed to them by us that we had cal- we had compiled. So, and they
0: don't yeah. have any consideration of what goes into the decisions that they're no. making. Like, or the
1: human capital, right? right. So like, that, just having experienced that and now experiencing something else and more, and, and I don't even know if it's because I work now work more in the creative mm-hmm. realm. I think it's just just that's a something happened in the last five years, for sure. Like I mean, even kids, girls graduating from college, some some shit happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I agree with you. It's pretty exciting.
0: I think so too. Yeah. I, I think it's like thrilling that it's we're we're watching it happen
1: you know yeah we're literally watching it all crumble (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's been very interesting yeah yeah. um just like because you know i have been in comedy and it's on the just having already been married at the point that i went into comedy yeah i i don't think i was as privy to a lot of stuff or just very oblivious yeah but sure. it's been interesting to watch all of it, fucking,
0: and like find out stuff that was happening all along, yeah. and things like that, horrifying, yeah, horrifying, yeah. Uh, it's very cool and interesting that something could have been written like a hundred years ago that was already like kind of pointing out some
1: uh, inadequacies. Oh, she of talks. Our- to- oh, so oh, going back to Anne. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She, she talks about it all the time inside of the series, how unfair it is, like how she is capable of doing anything just as well as a boy. Um, and the thing is, like, her, her qualities that are outside of, like, her gender, just her personality, are what endear her to everybody. She winds up being able to stay. She is loved by Marilla and Matthew, the, uh, the, her adopted parents, her brother and sister. And, like, you want—and Marilla, by the way, is a spinster, Oh, so she has wow. no, so she is like without a husband. There's a point where she spurned a lover or a potential suitor. And um, I mean, so she has no children. And it's not like she regrets it. She doesn't have any of those things. She, it's just she sees the cattiness and um, the asinine quality of most women that like want to always constantly. She doesn't think that it's something that you have to get. Right. She never pressures Anne to do that either. She pressures Anne to get an education, pursue what she wants, and be happy. Man. Isn't that – that's so – like, telling you this, I'm just like, oh, my God. That's so crazy. Literally over 100, 100 years ago. Yeah, Because, I mean, it it's funny because even the suffragette movement was was happening right around this time. Hmm. So – and it, it took, like, how many years for the amendment to finally pass? But, like – these ideas were not, um, are not new. Right. It's just they were considered fringe and crazy up right. until they weren't. And so, it's funny, but like, and there were always women that did this. There were always like, I mean, lesbians always existed. It's sure. just you know, and they were out and living. But it was just like, gay men were out and living. It's just it's this idea that you can put it into a package. Uh, a content package, right, a book, and disseminate it in such a way, even though these are crazy ideas for the time, and disseminate it in a way where the story still feels resonant with all and it's timeless. That's a fucking, That's I mean, that's a testament to how compelling the character of Anne Shirley is. Anne with an E. Anne with an E. Yeah. What are some of the other books called? Uh, Anne of Avonlea. Um, and then I think the last one is like Rilla of the of the lighthouse or something like that. So her youngest daughter, she has eight kids. She names after Marilla, who had died a couple of years Aww. prior. Yeah. And so her they call her Rilla. And she also has, like, a speech impediment. And, she, and basically she looks like Gilbert, which is, like, gorgeous because Gilbert's the most beautiful,
0: <laughs> <laughs> handsome <laughs> yeah. suitor.
1: Um, so she – let's see. What are the other books called? I think it, there's Anne of Avonlea, Anne of the Island – so that's when she goes and lives on the, another island to teach. Avonlea is when she goes to college. Wind, Anne of Windy Poplars is this um, the first house that her and Gilbert buy as a, a young couple. And then Anne of Windy Willows is apparently in the UK and Australia. I've never read that. Anne, Anne's House of Dreams is um, when they finally move into a house on the island where, like, th- this is where they'll live for the rest of their lives. Anne of Ingleside is the name of the house that they buy. And then uh, the f- last three are about Anne's children. Oh, I was right. Yeah, Anne- the following books focus on Anne's children are Family Friends. Rainbow Valley is about the kids. Rilla of Ingleside is about Rilla. And then The Blights are quoted uh, as a book that I have never read. It's a published in 2009. Whoa. Yeah.
0: So, somebody, that's like fanfic or something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some shit like that,
0: yeah. Uh I was just curious to kind of see how they demarcate the different stories. It's interesting. It does really seem to kind of sum up someone's life journey, you know? It's like where she went to school and then where she... The first place she lived after yeah. school, where she ended up being for a long time, and like it's, but it is
1: like how we separate chapters of our lives. Yeah. It's just like, man, you g- remember the address of the first place you lived in Chicago? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like that shit. For so, sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember that stuff too. It's like that place and time. I mean, yeah, the, especially place and like houses. So it goes basically spans and. Ages from the age of eleven is when we meet her, mm-hmm. and the final book is she's supposed to be like fifty three. Wow, that's a, that's a life. Yeah, that's so
0: cool. When in, I mean, there are <laughs> seven Harry Potter books, and it's seven years.
1: Like, <laughs> way well, not waste time, JK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's like these are all very small slice of life stuff. There was I was also very into this. um so it's called Betsy and Tassie. And it's like, um, one of those like, hardcover books you get at the library for free. (sighs) That they're giving away. But it was a whole series, a whole series. And it was like, about the same stuff. Like, them growing up in Minnesota, um, them going to college. And this is actually at the turn of the century and Mm. very problematic stuff. But she's Mm. also a flighty girl who loved to write. And it's like, about like, her learning to finally cook for her husband. So when Mm. he comes home, and, but, uh, yeah, it's the same thing with the World War II stuff because one of her friends is German. Mm. And there's, like, all this, like, anti-German sentiment that's making, you know, I don't know. It's, like, it's but I was sell like, the books. But it's, like, that's another series of books I was into that, for whatever reason, a series of books, group of friends, yeah and, like, spans time.
0: Do you – that that was also, like, something I was curious about where Anne of Green Gables is concerned is, like, it's not, like, one book covers five to ten years. It's, like –
1: No. A book just, like, pops in on Anne, mm-hmm. sees where she's at, yes. pops out. And it's, like, sometimes it'll span a couple of seasons. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh one of the books talks about the several years. So – this is so sad. In – uh. One of the earlier books, she loses a child Mm. after, you know, in between. And they bury it and they'll recall this like sadness and she'll remember and go back to it. And there's like a couple of things. and She has another child. And um, so there's like a book where there's several years that are spanned. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's usually like they come in, you know, it's a small slice of life. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's like tragedy in these books.
0: What are some of your favorite, like, uh, storylines or characters that stick out to you when you think back on the series?
1: Well, the most famous is those puffy sleeves. Those goddamn puffy sleeves. Do you, are you familiar? No. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's in the first book. It's like an iconic thing. Mm-hmm. And Anne has seen this image of a woman with puffy sleeves, mm-hmm. like uh, in the Victorian dress. You know what I'm talking about? Those puffy sleeves?
0: Yes, for sure. And she's seen like, it
1: very like Elizabethan. Elizabethan yes, yeah, and yeah, in yeah. a puffy sleeve and it goes down and it just is just the height of fashion for her. And there is a and she talks about it incessantly and there's supposed to be there's this like um poetry reading where uh she's supposed to be reciting something because she's already gained some notoriety as a very good writer and especially as a performer. Cool. And so um she goes and they're poor, like Marilla and Matthew and Anna are all poor. But uh, Matthew, out of this, like, uh, to as a gesture, wants to buy her these puffy sleeves, and he's never been in the store, never purchased Mm -hmm. anything like that, and he goes out of her way to present her with this puffy sleeved dress. Oh my gosh! And uh, he's so embarrassed having to do it, and she wears it, and she's just uh, at the height of ecstasy. She's so happy. Yeah, Yeah, of course. And it's, uh, but he actually. Uh, passes away like inside of that same book and it's damn. just like oh my god yeah just like thinking about it. <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah i mean and like she and he is the one that is most demonstrative emotionally to Anne. Mm-hmm. he like she, this he yeah he demonstrates his affection for her love language yes yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah he demonstrates his the affection. giving of gifts yes yeah. And like he's like he he uh, is very kind to her versus Marilla who's a little more like again non traditional right he's the guy he's very mm. soft and he's he's the one that like she's the closest to wow and he like understands her sort of like anguish about stuff and like just being like a kid you know and he really understands he sees her yeah and Marilla just it um, doesn't as much that's not her love language. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I love this. Oh my God. I mean, like, it's just like one of those things where, like, even this idea that an adult can see you that way is very nice, you know? And so he buys her this, and that's just like one of the best moments in the movie as well. Oh, my God. If you ever watch a movie... I- I'm thinking about the movie right now. It's like I can right. imagine you can, you can call it up yeah. so, like, clearly. <laughs> yeah, because... Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it is honestly one of the most... Like, I think for me... Um, like, uh, filial duty, anything with, like, family and specifically, like, where men are demonstrative, like, really fucking gets me. Yeah. Yeah. It just really gets me. So, that story and then... um and then, yeah, like I think Anne's, Anne and uh, her sort of like – she has another lover when she's in college and stuff like that. And so like that sort of small world where she – it's very exciting. She goes and has another life while Gilbert is at medical school. And she like – you know, there's this like um, – these twin sisters is finally decide to go and travel the world. Um and they're called Gog and Magog, these like uh, Chinese like sort of dogs that like guard their fireplace. I mean this is all these are all like crazy details that I recall, yeah. you know and yeah. like um <laughs> but to me, it's a time where Anne is tr- like very free. Mm-hmm. She's away from home for the first time, she's meeting new friends, Diana has gotten married, and so like and like sort of like settled into that. But she still has all this affection for her. It's never dissipated, it's just different. yeah. Which is absolutely true to life.
0: Like, everything... I was like, yeah, that's what your school experience is like, yeah. you know? And, and the years after that, it's like you, your friendships change, and you ha- kind of have to, like, figure it out, and but you still have affection for one another, like
1: you said. It's a beautiful series of books. That's I think I'm awesome. going to read them right now. I was going
0: to say, <laughs> it's so funny. I It's so easy to, like want to just consume the kinds of things that people come in and get so like into and passionate about. Cause I'm like, yeah, of course you're into that. Like that sounds so moving and relatable.
1: Yeah. And and, I mean also some of it is like culturally like imprinted on me in terms of like this In old timey books, there's always this like fascination with like type of things. Cause like things I think were much more meaningful Mm. Like, I, I mean, in the book she reads up, like, you know, in J.D. Salinger or like Vonnegut's shit, like, it's about more about the emotional content and action that's happening in the book and sort of these like uh, emotional journeys, either metaphorical or like actual, that are mm-hmm. like, really important. But in these books, it's like very much about home mm. and a place and like these like tiny little details. I don't like, she talks about this like cushion that she bought and like <laughs> this person that she's gonna, I mean, it, like, has deeply affected the way that I think I even um, aesthetically enjoy. Like, things I like aesthetically.
0: Wow. Yeah. It, uh, it seems like there's something to be said for the, you know, like you said. Like, you can get emotional telling this story about how she gets a dress as a gift. <laughs> but it's just like, no, it makes so much sense uh, You know, it, it means more than, you know, just the inner workings of, like, holding Caulfield's, right. like, struggles in life or whatever it
1: is. Because those are ideas. Those are concepts. Right. And, like, versus, I think there's just a quality to, I mean, just for me, like, getting older, like, home is much more important to me than what was what's outside like i still like enjoy intellectually rigorous things i am engaged i love to travel all those things but like for me i'm at a certain point in my life where i'm making a home sure um versus like trying to find myself yeah right um so i think that is really what has been this shift and as I'm talking a lot about speaking a lot about it now I'm like maybe that's the reason why I'm like come back to it so much much.
0: yeah that totally makes sense to me it's more about finding meaning as opposed to it being, like, forced into yeah. you.
1: <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Just,
0: it's like you said, like, Vonnegut, it's such a mental, yes. like, struggle. It's so dense. And and
1: nothing happens on – most of the stuff, like, happens in some sort of, like, other planet, alternate universe. Right. <laughs> or, like – It doesn't feel close to you. No. And, and, and I will say that um, – again, this is all just very recent, and I haven't really – but, like, I think with – this stuff, like with like stuff about home, I think there's like a metaphorical part of it that I'm returning to. Huh? Like it's a home to which I am returning metaphorically. Mm, yeah, because that's it's the like type of content that I like to see over and over again. The same mm-hmm. thing with Star Trek. It's like even though those are adventures, it's all happening on the fucking Enterprise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, anything that is uh, not serialized like yeah. that, that just kind of you can pop in and out. It absolutely is a, a comfort food thing. I mean, for me, like, I like dipping into Pawnee. Like, that's yep. what I come back to is just, like, if I am need something to feel good before I go to bed, I'm going to turn on, like, you know, Ben proposing to Leslie or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> like, that's just, like, where – that's my enterprise Uh, okay. for sure. And yeah. I think that's why it's because it's like it feels familiar. It's all these people working together who care about one another and like working towards a common goal to, in a lot of ways. Yeah. In, in a similar way that I think Star Trek is.
1: I think, you know, some of the reason why, at least with Anne, I was so intense. One, it's the friendship, female friendship. Mm-hmm. But also Anne finds a home inside the book right, in this sort of place, and she finds it in herself, and then she makes one. But, like, all, you know, I've only realized this very recently, but I moved a lot as a kid.
0: Mm. In the same,
1: I never had to change schools, but I moved a lot. So you never really have, you don't have, like, one house that you think of from growing up? I moved from, I think, basically every two to three years we moved. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, and I didn't realize that until I was talking to my husband about it because I was like, oh, well, you know, you're, like, traumatized because you, like, had to move all the time because, like, he moved from Russia to Salt Lake, from Salt Lake to Madison, from Madison to, like, another – no, to Appleton, to Appleton, to Madison, from wow. Madison to Chicago. Yeah. So the first time he'd ever gone to two consecutive years of school was when he was in high school.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah, isn't that fucked up? That's so hard. Yeah. It was hard enough being, being in the
0: same place. Yeah.
1: And like being ten. <laughs> yeah. It was hard. Of course. But we we're talking about it and I was like, Oh no, I moved about the same from like first I moved then in sixth grade, then in sixth grade, we moved again in seventh grade, we moved again in eighth grade, and then I moved um in high school. Yeah. The final year, and then we moved again. That's a lot. That's a sure. lot, yeah. Um, so, but Anne was with you the whole way. Yeah, because like, I think it was during a time in which, like, going to puberty specifically was really hard on me, mm. and like all this moving. But like, yeah, she. I think my personality has actually returned to being more this like sort of optimistic, mischievous person. You know, like I'm, I'm a fuck up, but also yeah. like I like, but I like like everything. Yeah, I'm so excited to be. um But. I think that's really what's been nice is that I went through this very dark sort of like Holden Caulfield, like Vonnegut, this like intellectually whatever period. And now, you
0: know. (laughs) The thing that you return to is this like warm story about a young girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately that has like weight to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like your love of Anne of Green Gables has influenced you both creatively and kind of like your life in a a bow-tying way?
1: I think it has really encouraged the optimist in me. And like, and and, because she talks about a lot about it, like sort of that being smart does not mean that you need to be sad or um, sarcastic, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, she, she really did... In, encourage that in me, and also this idea of being self sufficient self sufficient and self you know uh worthy, yeah, and like creatively being fulfilled by what you do, it does not preclude marriage or um you know, yeah, having children it's really, I'm glad we
0: kind of touched on the the idea that those things can get into your head at such an early age. Cause I do think that I experienced that and it seems like you have too. Yeah. That Ann, Ann was in there and was like, yeah, I can be a writer. Uh, so good job representation. <laughs> 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 uh, well, thank you so much.
1: Oh yeah. Thank this you. This has been
0: a lovely conversation. Yes. I love you on I mean that.
1: <laughs> thank you. I love you too. Man, a lot of same pages. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I'm This has been a Nerdlogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdlogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome.
0: Thank you all. Thank you all. I am grabbot23548x.